It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the golf guru, Uncle Dave. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Dave underscore Essler. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Dave, here we go. Valspar Championship. This one is on Thursday. This one will be held at the beautiful Palm Harbor in Florida. This will be at the Innisbrook Resort, and this one will be played on the Copperhead Course. Last season, this event was canceled due to COVID. And defending champion here is Paul Casey. Casey has actually won the last two here at this venue for the Valspar. His current odds at three peat, twenty to one. So let's go ahead and bring the golf guru here, Uncle Dave in. Uncle Dave, I'm going to go ahead and give you a little trivia time here. Who is the last professional golfer? to go ahead and three-peat at the same venue? Well, the last one. It might have been Tiger Woods. It might have been Tiger Woods. Uh, but I'm going to guess it was, uh, you know, and, and I'm truly guessing because we talked about this yesterday, and I honestly I don't remember. Um, so I'm going to say Steve Stricker. Who do you got? I think you might be right with that. I didn't go through and look for the answer. I thought maybe that you would actually know off the top of your head. Um, I think Jack's done it. Uh, Palmer's done it. Tiger definitely did it. I read in that article uh, that Tiger has done it. I think Stricker was one of the guys who I I believe he probably was the last. And it seems as if, you know, Casey has, I guess, a legit shot, you know, according to the odds of 20 to one to go ahead and three-peat. So that'll be interesting. That'll be an interesting storyline to go ahead and follow. So, guys, we're going to go ahead. We're going to get into this one. As as always, myself and Uncle Dave will go ahead. We'll cover the winners, first-round leaders, top 40s to top fives, if we have any of those. I actually have quite a few. Make a missed a cut, head-to-heads, and uh, we'll go ahead and we'll we'll go ahead and we'll get you guys some winners once again. Uh, last week, we were off. They had desserts, uh, that, that match play or whatever they had going there. Actually, it was quite funny. I ended up watching two days of that as my buddy had – I think he had Leishman, whoever Leishman's partner was, they won. And uh, he had those guys, and, and, oh, it was Cam Smith. And uh, we were watching that, and they almost puked away the win there at the end there. So uh, he was all frazzled. Actually, I think I think Cam Smith hit it in the water. Yeah, he hit it in the water on, like, 17. He packed up his laptop and walked out the door because they were down a stroke. And then it turned out where Leishman ended up chipping in, Uncle Dave. I don't know if he saw that. Ended up tying it. I think it was on like the 16th. And then I turned it off. I just got tired of watching golf. And then he uh, he sent me a text that it was easy money. So I guess he ended up winning. Uh, but I didn't actually finish out, you know, watching that tournament. But that was actually quite interesting. I think probably a relaxing, a relaxing type of tournament for a lot of those golfers. Uncle Dave, why don't we go ahead and jump into our first round leaders. Uh, I have one here that I'm going to go ahead and give out. But I'll let you go ahead and start out. First round leader, what are you thinking? Well, I've got three guys that I've already bet, and I may add to it, but uh, and the first one's probably no surprise. Patrick Reed at 33 to 1. You know, the guy is second in first round scoring average. He's seventh in the world golf rankings, and he didn't play last week after he finished eighth in Augusta. And going back to the beginning of the calendar year, he had five straight opening rounds of 68 or less, including a 64. So there's some value there. Cameron Tregali at 55 to 1. Uh, does, kid doesn't have a lot of holes in this game, and he's he's third in first round scoring average. So you know, I, I actually I might like him to win uh, at some point. But 
And the third one's Emmanuel Grillo, a guy that you've used, I know, a few times. And one of the reasons there you get him at 50 to 1 is people don't always remember who finishes second in the tournament, especially someone runs away with the tournament like Sink did last week. But for the record, Grillo was second. He had four rounds at 68 or better and a 64 on Friday. So I think sliding him into a top 10 isn't the worst idea either. Uh, but he's ninth in first round scoring average. So, you know, why wouldn't you? And those are three guys, um, barring not taking the, the obvious chalk guys, DJ, Justin Thomas, yada, yada, yada. We've talked about that before. Uh, but those are three guys I think offer a lot of real value. All right. Well, Uncle Dave, going deep in that one, usually you don't give out three, but you're going to give out and give out three first round leaders this week. I got one here, Uncle Dave. This is kind of a long shot here. And I'm certainly going to use this guy in some top 40s and top 30s. But I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go after Denny McCarthy here, first-round leader. You know, this guy, he's he's been golfing really well. He finished T9 here at the last event. And he's golfed, I believe it was under 70 in three of the four rounds here uh, in 2019. His form right now is really good. He finished T13, T34, and T3 in the last three events. And clearly... Uh, he's alive to me, so I'm going to use him in a few places. I'll go ahead. I'll use him here. Uh, first round leader, Uncle Dave, 80 to 1. So uh, it is a long shot ticket, but it's not out of, you know, it's not out of our wheelhouse to go ahead and cash some of these, you know, bigger tickets with our first round leader. So I'll go ahead. I'll give you guys that. Danny McCarthy, first round leader uh, at 80 to 1. All right, with the first round leaders out of the way, let, let's do some top 40s here, Uncle Dave. Top 40 all the way down to like top 5. Uh, I have two right now. Let me go ahead and give those out. I'll give you Luke Donald top 40. That pays six to one. You know, he's been absolutely miserable basically for like the last six months. He hasn't made a cut since November of 2020. So, you know, why the hell am I going to go ahead and take him here? Well, he's won here before and he has a ton of rounds at this course. And not only that, you know, one of his best finishes here was actually in, in 2019 where he placed ninth. Did have a couple T4 finishes, a couple T5s over the last couple of years, another top 20 finish. So it's not like this guy, he can't golf well here. He just hasn't been very good, you know, as of late. And for him to win this tournament, he's listed at like 600 to one. I mean, you got to go all the way down the bottom to find Luke Donald. But I figure why not? Why not go ahead and try to use him in a top 40? It seems like this course... Uh, just has been good to him, or maybe this is just one of those courses he knows really well that he's really comfortable. Maybe this is one of those courses, Uncle Dave, where maybe he just snaps out of his funk where, you know, he eventually ends up making the cut. Um, so I'll go ahead. I'll give you guys that. Luke Donald, top 40 at 6-1. to one. I feel that there might be a little bit of value in that. And then I'll go ahead and I'll play Sam Burns, top 40, plus 150. Uh, he's been here twice, T12, T30. Uh, he was 47th right now in the FedEx points. He's, you know, in a bunch of top 20s in the statistical area. So that that was kind of a good thing. Now, he did hit a rough patch in March. He finished T39 at the RBC, and then he was T4 last week at that Zurich thing. So I figure why not go ahead and give him a look, top 40 plus 150. So those are the two I'll give you guys for my top 40s. Luke Donald, 6-1, to one, Sam Burns, plus 150. Uncle Dave, if you have any top 40s, top 30s, why don't you go ahead and let her rip? Yeah, I got a bunch of them. You guys know I play quite a few of those. I just, I, you know, I think you can you can cash multiple tickets. I, I do like your Denny McCarthy pick. I mean, the dude can putt. He's one of the best putters in, in, on, on tour. Uh, so, you know, he's never a bad bet. Um, 
Yeah, top 20, uh, Doug Gim, uh, plus 300. If he could putt, I might take him a little higher than that, but he's a really good ball striker. He's made 13 or 17 cuts, seven top 25s, uh, so maybe we go top 30 here. But you know, his form has been great. His last three tournaments, he's 10th in shots gained on approach, which if that holds, could negate some of his putting issues. He's not the best putter. Uh, Jason Cockrack, t- plus 190. You know, Based on his history here, you have to use him somewhere. And I think this is where I find the most value. I thought about plus 450, top 10. Uh, that's a viable option, but I'm not overly greedy. Top 30, Brent Snedeker, plus 300. I think he's flying under the radar a little bit. Played kind of poorly. Well, kind of poorly is an understatement at the beginning of the year. But he was six at the Texas Open. He made the cut at Harbortown. He played pretty well in the team event last week. So uh, top 30, plus 300, certainly doable. Danny Willett, top 30, plus 300. He's made the cut in eight of his last ten. He was 18th in Harbortown. You know, the guy has game. He's, he's a Masters winner. I love his short game. Uh, he's third in shots gained around the green, a well above average putter. So if he's not if he's not good off the tee, he can certainly make up for it. Top 40, I'm going to reach a little bit here. John Hugh at plus 160. You know, since these guys come back, he's played in 10 events, made their cut in nine of them, finished top 30 in five of them, I think. I think that's one of those guys that if you would cross his his name off the rotation, if you will, and just look at his stats, there's no way you can get him top 40 plus 160. So that's one I really like as well, Sleepy. It's funny you mentioned that John Hugh guy because I was looking through the odds and – there were a lot of guys that I had like no idea who they were. I, I haven't seen them golf um, act, like ever. And that was one name that kind of came up and I was like, he just doesn't look familiar. So I went back through, I looked at the odds. I went back through, I looked at what he's done at this particular course and he's actually been really good. So I considered using him, but just, you know, me not being unfamiliar with him uh, kind of, it just, it was one of those things like, how do I throw a guy out that I that I never heard of before? And I'm sure he's been around for a while, Uncle Dave, but, you know, to be honest with you, I, I never heard of the guy. Uh, but th- that sounds like an interesting pick. It was one that kind of, you know, raised my eyebrows, the fact that his odds weren't, you know, absolutely terrible. So um, that was pretty cool. Uh, Uncle Dave, you know, one of the things that, that you brought up yesterday, and I noticed this as I was going through and – looking at all these guys and I'm just like, you know what Uncle David mentioned, like it seems like it's a little top heavy and that there are going to be guys who, you know, might end up, you know, paying three to one or four to one for, you know, maybe like a top 40 or a top 30. And you said the odds might be better. And you were right about that. There were a lot of guys that, you know, are, are named guys that I feel like we would be getting ripped off at any other tournament. And it's not like you got to get through a whole pack of, you know, those elite type of golfers. I mean, we're looking at maybe like seven, eight, nine top guys um, in the world, you know, that, that are up there in the odds. And it just, I felt like it, it offered a lot of uh, a lot of value for some of these other guys. So I did make a couple of top 10 plays, Uncle Dave, and I normally don't do this. You know that um, normally I'll give out, a, you know, one or two, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play Lucas Glover in the top 10. And I might actually throw a pizza bet on him actually to win. He would be 60 to one to win. But this is another guy with a ton of rounds under his belt here at this course, and he's been half decent as of late. He, he did okay last week, but he ended up getting cut. I think some of that was due to due to his partner, and I'm not going to hold that against him at all. It's probably just one of those kind of you know walk through events for him. But the prior to last week, you know, he was t33 at the RBC, and then he was fourth at the Valero, 
And if you go back even another week, he was uh, T19 at the Honda. So he's been hitting the board, and he's been, you know, having some half-decent finishes here. So uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to pizza bet him to go ahead and finish inside the top 10. That's Lucas Glover, and he could get that at 7-1. to one. I felt pretty decent about that. And then I'm going to go ahead and take – I don't know how to say this guy's name here, Uncle Dave. What is it? Jason Kokrak or something like that? Yeah, we already took him earlier, top 20. All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give him out uh, as a top 10. I felt pretty good about that, and you could get plus 450 on that. He's been solid here you know, over the years as well. He's got a ton of rounds at this course. And I feel like when I was looking at his results, like he hit his stride in like late February, early March. He tailed off a little bit since then, uh, but he did golf last week as well. So, you know, it was kind of a risk-free event. So maybe he just wanted to go and have a, a, you know, a couple of fun rounds under his belt. So I'm going to go with the form. I'll go with the course knowledge and, you know, the no-stress event last week. Uh, Again, you know, the odds makers have him at 35 to 1 you know, to win. So I figure if, if they have him, you know, within like that pack of guys uh, that could be a threat, why not go ahead and use him in the top 10? And that's something typically I don't do. And that's something typically that, you know, we have our conversations on Sunday and you're always like, well, you should have used him in top five. You should have used him in top 10 because, you know, only one person can win. So, you know, you, you can get paid also, you know, for your guy who finishes second or ninth or, you know, 14th. So, I went ahead, I, I gave those two guys a look uh, for top 10. So it'll be Jason Kokrak, and then it'll be uh, Lucas Glover. So that's what I'm going to do there, Uncle Dave, top 10s. You got any top 10s or top 5s? No, I don't go that far, buddy. I mean, I just, you know, the, the there's, there's too many things that happen late in the tournament where a guy is is 11th, if you will, and he's, he's not on TV and not on anybody's radar and, you know, he'll birdie the last two holes and, and, and knock my guy that was ninth down to, like, T14. So, you know, I, I prefer top 20s. You know, if I was going to play a top 10, I would probably throw out Corey Connors at plus 200. I mean, he's just been playing super well. You know, he's the third favorite to win this tournament, and rightfully so. Uh, but, you know, favorites don't always win. And, you know, after him and him and JT and DJ, there's a – there's a big drop-off. So if I was going to throw one out there, it'd probably be Corey Connors. You know, I, I can't bet against the guy who's playing too well right now, but I'm not going to bet him to win. So I would I would use him in top 10 if you made me. You brought up one of the guys that that I'm going to bet against here, Uncle Dave, and it's, it is my head-to-head wager. So I'll let you go ahead. You can go first head-to-head if you have one. Um, yeah, I'll let you go ahead. But it, you know what? I, I feel like when we get into my head-to-head, that you might not disagree that much, but I'm curious because I almost picked this guy and put him in, in this write-up. And then I went through and I looked at some stuff and I'm like, you know what? I don't know. So I probably kind of just need your, your stamp of approval or whatever with, with my particular pick, but uh, I'll let you go ahead, head to head. What do you got? Uh, I've only got one so far. Uh, my boy Grillo uh, over Sanjay M. And I think it's just value for me. Sanjay M is on everyone's radar this week. And rightfully so, uh, but he screwed me one time last year with like a four-shot lead in the back nine and lost. Uh, but he always just seems to have that one unexplainable round. Most most tournaments, you know, he had a had a seventy-six at the Arnold Palmer, had a seventy-seven at the Players, 
and 77, 80 in Augusta. So me, it's just a matter of trust. You know, I, I, I think he'll probably do well, uh, but I like Grillo, and I think the price was right. So I took Grillo over Sun J.M. I was looking last night at Sun J.M. myself, trying to find a way to fade him. And then I was wondering if I should play him. And then exactly what you just said, he has those head scratcher rounds, and I just got scared away. And I didn't want to use him at all or, or go against him at all. I just wanted to stay away from him. But the head-to-head I picked here, Uncle Dave, uh, the one I found, and I and I think a lot of this has to do with the odds makers. They're not going to give you a whole lot of you know good head-to-head matchups. They're going to give you something that's you know kind of you know fifty-fifty in a sense. But I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play Denny McCarthy over your guy that you mentioned there, Uncle Dave, Doug Gim. Now Gim's been good this season. I was really looking to go ahead and find a way to go ahead and use him here, but the issue is that he's never been at this particular course, and I feel that that alone is going to give McCarthy an advantage. You know, as I mentioned, he's been, you know, he's been golfing well. He's finished, you know, ninth here last year. It's only minus 112 both ways. So if you like Gim, you only got to lay 112. So they feel like it's a 50-50 here. But for me, I know Gim's been good, but I just don't know how he's going to go ahead and, and perform here that he hasn't been here. So I don't know how you feel about that particular wager, Uncle Dave. I'm going to say that you probably don't hate it. But I'm guessing that – I guess what I want to know, Uncle Dave, is maybe if you could fill me in a little bit more on Doug Gim because I, I wanted to use him because he's been around the top of the leaderboard probably, what, over the last, what, at least six events. So I'm looking for a way to use him, and the only way I'm fading him here is just the fact that he hasn't been here at this course. So you could either agree, disagree, or, or help me out should I have Doug Gim on my card somewhere even though I'm going to fade him in this head to head. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I, I have a question for you that, that this is kind of uh, rhetorical because as you were talking, you said, and this is, this is gets into handicapping mindsets. You said that I was looking to find a way to put Doug Gill on my card, but now I'm going to fade him. And there's like a cavern between those two. And I'm curious how you got there. I mean, I like Danny McCarthy. You know I do. He's a great putter. Uh, and, you know, Doug Gim is, is Doug Gim, you know, but he's had some he's had some good finishes. He's had a bunch of T-15s or better this year. So, you know, I mean, I can't knock a guy that's made a million bucks playing golf this year. Uh, but I'm more concerned with your logic, and, and that's a whole handicapping theory thing of, of how you went from I wanted to use Doug Gim to I'm going to bet against him. I think the the logic to that, Uncle Dave, was that if I'm looking to go ahead and and find a reason to play a guy, then I need a reason to play him. And the the reason that, that, like when I originally first thought of it, I'm just like, he's been good. And I get that part. And you're going to go on my radar if you've been good. But the fact that he wasn't here and the fact that McCarthy was, and McCarthy has a T9 finish and he's been golfing good, I just felt that, Maybe McCarthy should have been somewhere in like that minus 140 head to head. And then the fact that it was, you know, kind of they had them at 50 50. I'm like, maybe there's value within that in the price. So it's not like I was fading Gim um, on purpose because I didn't trust him. I do trust him, but I felt like maybe I could trust McCarthy just a little bit more. And I felt like I was getting a half decent price. And I was hesitant going ahead and putting it on there. 
But again, the, some of the head to head prices to Uncle Dave that they were offering um, were just junk. Some of the matchups to me were just junk. And I think what ultimately got me to go ahead and put this on my card is the fact that he just hasn't been at this course. And when I went back and I looked, you know, for first time players at this course, I didn't see anything that popped out that said, you know, the guys go there and it just golf really, really well their first time at this venue. I believe one of the one of the outliers actually was Sun J M. I believe he had a strong finish. It might have been a fourth place finish in his like his first event here, but that was kind of my logic. I felt like I was getting the price and I was just he hasn't been here. He has. He's been golfing good too. So I just kind of just put like those three or four factors together. But again, I was looking to find ways to to put Doug Gim on my card. And then ultimately it was the fact that he didn't golf at this course. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to plug him in because I just don't feel confident enough on how he's going to do here. So that was kind of my logic and kind of what I was thinking there. Solid answer. I can't, I can't argue that or I have no follow-up question. And, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head with, you know, it's all about the work. I mean, this is minus 112 either way. So, you know, they think it could go either way. And, and I can see your point there with Gem never having played here before. So that'd be one to keep an eye on for sure. And it's going to be too, because you know, I'll be, you know, kicking myself in the rear end if I don't use them, you know, and that's one of the great things about you and I doing these podcasts is that there could be a guy that I looked at and I was like, Hey, you know what? Maybe not, but there's no reason I can't use them in a top 40 or top 30 or, or anywhere on my card. I mean, I could just pizza bet them. So, I would rather not feel, you know, kind of dejected and be like, oh, Uncle Dave, you know, he mentioned him. He gave a handicap on this, that, and the other. I was looking for ways to go ahead and use the guy, and then ultimately I don't. And, you know, there he is, you know, sitting in, you know, the top 20 or whatever, or maybe he wins the damn thing. Who knows? Because he has been golfing really well, and that's why I wanted to use him. So maybe I'll go ahead. I'll plug him in there. Just because I have him in a head-to-head doesn't mean I can't use him somewhere else. And, uh, you know, if he does, I I have a feeling, Uncle Dave, that if he does end up beating me in that bet and maybe I use him in like a top 40, that I have a potential where I won't, you know, I won't lose money in that because at least I have a feeling McCarthy is going to be, you know, somewhere in that in that top 40 range as well. Do you have any make and miss to cut here, Uncle Dave? I have one. I feel like I, I, I stretched maybe a little bit on this one, but I felt like I was getting a half decent price. So I'll let you go ahead. Make a missed a cut. You got anybody on there? And don't say Bubba. It can't be Bubba. It can't be Bubba. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I, I, had to, I had to eat a serious amount of crow on that one. Uh, I know because every time I gave him, what, I think I gave him out twice to miss the cut, and I'm 0-2. And, and then I think you gave him out. He ends up making the cut. So I think we're just like 0-3 with, with you know, having Bubba miss the cut here. And uh, I, I just think as, as a podcast, we should probably avoid that. We should, or uh, alternatively, we should, we should, uh, we should bet him to miss the cut again because eventually we'll be right. <laughs> um, but the only one I took uh, so far was Chris Kirk minus two twenty five to make the cut, uh, and, and this one's simple, sleepy. He's made the cut in fourteen of fifteen events he's played in this year, and he hasn't shot around over par in the last two tournaments. So, yeah, I thought minus two twenty five was reasonable. You know, a lot of those make miss cut guys are are you know minus four hundred to make and and not enough value to miss. So 
you know, I kind of got to find the one that's that's palatable juice wise, uh, or take the flyer on the Bubba. And you already told me we can't do that, so it's bet Chris Kirk minus two twenty five to make the cut. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play Max Homa to go ahead and miss the cut at plus one sixty. You know, I wasn't really happy, Uncle Dave, last night with the options that the sports books were putting out. You know, for this particular wager, you know, they have a ton of guys listed on there. But it's all guys who are probably going to end up making the cut. At least that's what you assume. But the books have you laying minus 400, minus 500 for all these guys. So, you know, do you really want to go ahead and, and lay a monster price on some guy, you know, to go ahead and make the cut? And we know that there's probably going to be 20, 30, maybe 40% of these guys that are labeled, you know, at minus 400, 500 that aren't going to make the cut. I mean, it's just that's the way it kind of goes down. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play home and to go ahead and miss it here at plus 160. And I've been, you know, a Max Homa guy. He's been on my card, I think, more than a few times this year. I actually think I cast a pretty decent ticket with him. But he's missed the cut here three times, and he's been here three times. So that worries me. I just wonder if maybe this is a, a particular, you know, course that just it just doesn't work well for him because he's. I think he's like – 37th or something like that in the FedEx Cup. So he's been golfing well, but I just wonder if it has something to do with, you know, with this particular course. So I'm going to go with just what I've seen um, with him at this particular event. Again, they didn't give me a whole lot of options. I didn't want to lay minus 400 or 500 or give that out on this podcast. And the only thing I could find head to head wise that, that looked like it made any sense to me was going ahead and uh, giving Max home out plus 160 to go ahead and miss the cut. So hopefully, you know, he'll be four for four here, missing a cut at these events. All right, so we wrapped up all that. We got our winners here. Uh, Uncle Dave, I'll let you go first, see what you got. I'm going to copy one of your guys for sure, but uh, I'll let you go and rip a run. Winners, what are you thinking? Well, I like your honesty. I'm going to copy one of your guys for sure. You know, that's that's cool. That's way better than just seeing some guy posting the forums and then turning around and using it as your own pick. Uh, man, I got I got three guys I've got to win. Uh, one I've already mentioned is Grillo. I used him first round leader uh, because here we go again. He had a great week on Hilton Head. He was sixth in the start prior to that in Punta Cana. Um, Terrell Hatton, twenty five to one. Um, you know I like guys that finished the previous week well, and he shot a sixty six last Sunday. Also shot a sixty six last Friday. I think he's made the cut in every tournament except the two majors, and I think, you know, talent-wise, um, he's he's better than 25-1 to 1 with this field. Uh, and, and here's a guy I haven't mentioned yet, um, but I've got him in a lot of different places, along with Grillo is Russell Henley. Um, he's 30-1, to 1, and everywhere I looked, I found reasons to bet him, and, you know, I, I, I look and see who's putting out golf information and, and potential – plays and, and I've seen nobody on him and I'm a little surprised. I mean, I'll, I'll go on an island here. The guy's 24th in driving accuracy. He's seventh in greens and regulations. He's fifth in shots game putting. He's fourth in fourth round scoring average. And I said I, I probably use him first round because he's ninth in first round scoring average. And, you know, look, the guy was third at the Honda Classic in March. He's had a very quiet T9 last week at Harbortown. So at 30 to 1, I I just don't get why I may be the lone wolf, but uh, Henley is definitely someone that I'll tie some money up in uh, to win. 
All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to copy Henley. That's the guy I'm going to copy. He sent that to me in text. He said, Russell Henley. And I'm like, all right, let me start looking at this guy. And the first thing I want to do, you know, when somebody gives me a pick is I want to try to pull Coles in. I don't want to just find the same information that, that they found. And I was going through Uncle Dave, and I, I couldn't find a whole lot of holes, to, you know, to be honest with you. So I'm just going to listen to what you say on this one. And, you know, I trust you, so. Uh, I'll go ahead. I'll put Henley on there uh, as one of my winners. There was really nothing that said why not. Um, And the fact that he's 30 to one, you know, is I think that's kind of a sign there, Uncle Dave, that somebody knows something about something that um, maybe, you know, somebody's not telling everybody everything. So why not go ahead and plug him on there? I have Charlie Hoffman on here as well. Now, he's 45 to one. He sits right now 28th in the FedEx Cup. But this course, it just seems this course seems to be pretty good to Hoffman, you know, when he's golfing good. I went through and I looked and I'm looking at his results. And for some of the results that he had well here, they were like the years that he was golfing good. So it wasn't like, oh, hey, he had a, a good year of golf. It was like he always seemed to do well when he was golfing good for that particular year. And he hasn't been cut here in eight straight events. So he has a, a bunch of top 20s, a couple top 10s, and he's been on the cusp a lot here. So I figure, why not go ahead and bet a guy who hasn't had a miserable tournament here uh, in, in quite some time? I mean, it's, it's been a long time for him. And he was another guy that when I was looking for uh, make and miss the cut stuff, like I noticed his his uh, make the cut was minus 275. So I'm like, well, you can't bet that. Um, so I'll just go ahead. I'll give him out for a winner. I feel pretty good about Charlie Hoffman. And then I'm going to, I'm going to take a shot on a guy that I probably haven't bet in quite some time. And that's Louis Utezen. Uh, he golfed really well last week and he's been solid here again, another 275, uh, to make the cut minus 275. He's 35 to one to win it. I'm not in love with that price in particular. I was hoping to get like 50 or 60 to one, but, um, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll take a, a shot on Louis here. You could also get him in the top 40 minus 145. That feels like a wager that I should probably make. He tends to strike back. Uh, you know, it seems like I was going through and it looks like he'll he'll golf well on like back-to-back tournaments. And the fact that he golfed really well last week uh, from kind of like the trends that I was looking at, I'm guessing he probably does half well here. So I'll do that. Uh, he was, what was he? I think T16, uh, a couple years back. And he had a, I think a T2 finish here. Uh, maybe the last time that he was here. So I feel Utez is certainly worth a little bit of, uh, a, a little bit of my money. So I'll go ahead. I'll play him at 35 to one. I don't know if you got anything else there, uncle Dave, that you want to, that you want to go ahead and give out. I noticed we didn't go after any of the top guys though, uncle Dave. Did you have any reasoning for that? Because. My gut feeling says uh, that some of these middle of the pack guys are just going to end up breaking through at some point. I think this might be the tournament, but I noticed we didn't have a whole lot of, you know, top 10 type of guys anywhere really on our card. Well, I think that just kind of goes in line with what we've talked about before that, you know, if I wanted to bet Justin Thomas at at current odds, it's it's not really um, value for me. And this goes back to, you know, if, if if I think I might like one of those guys, I'll wait and see if they suck in the first round and then maybe throw a little bit on them to win if they're a few shots back. But um, 
you know, the only thing I can tell you there is, you know, I hear these podcasts too. I mean, you know, these people that listen are not dummies. You know, they can, they can say, oh, it's Dustin Johnson. Oh, it's Justin Thomas. And, oh, it's Corey Connors. But, you know, those are guys they don't probably need help with. And, you know, some of the other guys they, they might not follow. So, you know, I try to try to give some good content. You know, there's a few guys we have not talked about that I'm going to put somewhere. Um, and most of these guys are just really good in shots gained tee to green or greens and regulation, just guys that 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 um, can win or, or, or could do well is Abraham Anser, Patton Kazire, Kevin Streelman, and another one we've talked about off and on but didn't yet is Joaquin Neiman. So those are guys I'm going to put somewhere. I don't know where yet. Uh, and that pretty well runs up everything I've written down, Sleepy. So Uncle Dave, I do have one quick question for you because I actually don't know this answer, and it's something I was just thinking about as you were talking. So let's say, like, let's say your guy Kirk, right? Let's say he tees off. Let's, maybe he's the first guy to tee off first group, and he goes out there, and let's say he's on, you know, the fourteenth hole, and he's, you know, minus five for the day. When you're when you're live betting golf, let's say like a guy like Justin Thomas, let's say he's ten to one right now. If if Kirk is minus five and he's on, let's say the fourteenth or fifteenth hole, are those odds on Thomas? Are they going to increase? Before he tees off, do you know that? No, they're not going to increase on day one, um, not at all. I mean, those are those are bets I would you know wait till after the first round, and I, I mean I just I just don't think you'll you'll get any any more value uh, if a guy hasn't even teed off yet. So so no would be my 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 final answer. All right, cool. Why well, I just wasn't sure. I didn't know if there was another way to maybe attack some of those guys who have those, you know, extremely low odds. You know, because obviously we would like to have them on our card somewhere, but you know, at ten to one, it's, it's you know, it's not a Webb Simpson at thirty-five to one, or you know, some of the winners that you and I have cashed over the period of time. Which you know how hard it is to go ahead and and cash the winners, you know, in general. So. Um, you know, when you are betting guys like that, you got to hope that they win, you know, relatively sooner rather than later. Otherwise they can, you know, kind of burn up a bankroll. Well, there's a, there's another way to bet in game, you know, and, and, and I don't know what books offer these anymore, but, you know, and lots of times you won't see it except in a major, but, you know, a lot of these guys have over under scores posted and, the books don't adjust those during the day. So, you know, if you have a guy that's, uh, you know, guys are going off early and the course is playing really hard or harder than maybe they would have expected. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a little breezy in the afternoon. It's not uncommon for me to then go ahead and bet every single person that tees off in the afternoon as over their posted total or conversely under. Uh, because those are things books don't adjust. So that would be that would be something that I would look at doing sort of during a round for sure, uh, if you have a book that offers those. Now, I can't tell you how many times you had, you know, sent me, you know, messages that the weather's turned and the course has gotten considerably harder to, you know, just be careful of like certain guys at certain times or, you know, or, or maybe go ahead and bet on certain guys at certain times. You always, you know, met, or even there have been times where, you know, you've mentioned like the back nine is going to get tricky for a lot of guys. So um, that's good information and definitely something that, you know, if you guys are following golf, if you're following the tournament, especially if, you know, you guys are live betting it, 
um, you know, to take into consideration. If you guys want Uncle Dave's cell phone number, just reach out to me. I'll be happy to go ahead and share that with you guys. <laughs> but that'll wrap up the pod, guys. Uh, good one here, Uncle Dave. I'm glad we had time to sit down and talk a little bit of golf, get these guys some wagers for this big golf event. Guys, we do have a special announcement coming up here. Uh, more than likely, uh, maybe tomorrow. Maybe I'll, I'll do that tomorrow uh, with myself and Uncle Dave on the podcast. But uh, some really cool stuff coming down the pike here with the betting predators. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and keep you guys on the ledge there with that. Hopefully tomorrow uh, I'll get the green light and then we can go ahead and we'll uh, we'll let you guys know what we're planning. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting. Make sure you guys follow me on Twitter at SleepyG underscore pregame. Make sure you follow Uncle Dave at Dave underscore Essler. And get us both at the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the games.